0: Hi everyone, welcome to Church Online. You know, last Wednesday morning, I was driving home from a morning track workout and I had 94.1 on, that's one of the Christian radio stations we have in our area. And a man named John Dickerson was sharing his research on historical national trends. And much of what he said rang true to my ears he was speaking on the historical impact of Christianity on the world. And his premise was civilization was often uh, progressed due to Christianity. Now, the, the church didn't always get it right. Many terrible things have been done in the name of Christ or because the church passively ignored injustices. Nevertheless, when a society has embraced A Christian worldview, one that was biblically based, it has often progressed beyond the current historical norms for the better. When things like slavery or racism or inequalities or injustices were the norm, Christians were often found at the forefront of the change. But he also noticed another historical trend. Many times, those same societies eventually moved past these impactful Christian foundations and influences. For example, Germany in the 1800s was like 90% Christian. Then their society, led by certain intellectuals, began to say things like, we don't need God anymore. We have science. We have philosophy. The Bible is just ancient myths. We don't need to trust in that. We can do better on our own. One of their philosophers by the name of Friedrich Nietzsche summarized their new worldview by saying God is dead. And yet we know what happened to Germany in the next century. Additionally, Russia, also a nation that was influenced by Christianity at a time, followed this move away from God's truth. And once again, horrific things happened in that nation. A Russian philosopher by the name of Alexander Solzhenitsyn, reflecting on this time and attempting to account for the 60 million Russians who had died because of the tyranny, said men have forgotten about God. That's why all of this has happened. And here's where this intersects with our lives. I believe our nation is heading in a similar direction. America was built on biblical truth, and yet people are rapidly moving away from God's truth. And if you haven't noticed, it's gotten a little crazy out there. What's more crazy is the church has also begun to move away from God's truth. We carry the name of Christ, but we have forgotten how to let God's word guide us. Instead, we're too busy listening to all the voices of pop culture. And that's why I think this new series in the Psalms is going to be impactful. You know, the Psalms aren't just Hebrew poems and songs. It's not uh, an ancient Where the Sidewalk Ends or the top 150 pop songs of 1000 BC. No, they are unique and creative Jewish literature inspired by the Spirit of God designed to teach and remind us on how to live for God. And here's what I love about the Psalms. It's real-life wisdom based on real-life experience From real people who experienced a real God. It's theology for real people. And I'm titling this series, Finding Life in the Psalms. And here's where it can really help us. You see, Germany and Russia and now the United States, we aren't the first ones to leave behind God's truth. The original people of God, Israel, did this, and they did it often. And the Psalms helped them find their way back to God. And I believe it still has the power to do that today for us. Therefore, my hope is that each week as we study a Psalm, the Holy Spirit will speak to our hearts and teach us how to live for God. And as we do this individually and as a church, I believe our community is going to change too. That as we live as salt and light of this world, instead of seeing our neighbors slide away from God into chaos, we're going to inspire them to live and hope in Jesus. And so today we are going to start this series with the most well-known psalm, and that's Psalm 23. Let's read the whole thing together and then we will discuss it. Verse one starts off by saying, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 23 is known as a psalm of trust. It's designed to teach us that we can trust God with our lives. And why can we trust God? Well, first off, it's because God will provide everything I need. You know, when I read this psalm, I can't help but believe that these words were birthed out of David's personal experience with the living God. David penned these words as a result of personally learning that he could trust God to provide for him. And he wanted to share this truth with others so that they would trust God too. And I like that. I like the personal touch because while all of scripture is beneficial, there is something special about a personal testimony or a personal story, the stuff that we find here in the Psalms. It's easier, at least in my mind, to connect with a testimony than with a textbook. We we naturally understand a real-life story instead of uh, religious literature. And that's, again, the beauty and power of the Psalms. It teaches us through personal experience and with heartfelt emotions, through real-life experience. Now, many of you know that before David was king, he was a shepherd, and scripture seems to reveal that he was a good one, skilled and faithful to his responsibilities. And when he calls God a shepherd in verse one, he personally knew what that included. He knew that sheep were completely dependent on the shepherd for care. That sheep needed to be led to green pastures or still waters or to safe paths. And based on David's personal experience with God, he knew that God did all of these things perfectly as the divine shepherd. And his words paint that picture. But these verses also paint another picture. Not only is God a good shepherd, but we as humans are dumb sheep. Now, before you get offended, remember, David said, the Lord is my shepherd. King David, Israel's greatest king, the Bible hero, the giant slayer, the man who is after God's own heart, he was okay with being a sheep. And if he's okay with it, we should be okay with it so we can get over it. But just in case you have a hard time identifying as a sheep, consider the following questions. First question. Do you get lost even when you think that you know the way or because you're not paying attention? Well, guess what? Sheep do that too. Question number two, do you resist what's good for you because you're stubborn? Sheep do that too. Do you ruin good things in your life because of dumb decisions? That sounds like something a sheep would do. Do you need help with your life? Well, if you answered yes, you're sheep. We all are. As harsh of a reality as that might be, there is good news. Something that this psalm makes clear. That even though we are sheep, we have a good shepherd who is ready to provide and care for us. He will make us lie down in green pastures. He is actively leading us into environments where we are going to thrive, places of rest. Do you need need that? He he leads us beside still waters. We don't need to worry about finding satisfaction on our own. God will bring us there. He will lead us to living waters that will restore our soul, the deepest part of who we are. Do you need that today? And he will make sure that we travel on safe pathways, on, on the right path. Do you ever wonder what God's will for your life is? What's your calling or purpose? How do you make right choices in this life? Well, the shepherd will show you. That's actually his responsibility. When the psalmist writes, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake, we can translate it this way because that's what God does. He is the one who shows us the right way to go because that's who he is. As our provider, he has promised to make sure that we lack nothing. And God isn't just our provider. That's not that's not all that he is. He is also our protector. Verse four goes on to say, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Even when our lives get overwhelmingly dark, when God is our provider, we have nothing to fear. For a moment, let's pretend that we are literal sheep. You know what would be scary and overwhelming? Walking through a dark, dangerous valley with a little boy like David as our shepherd. I mean, what's this kid gonna do when a predator comes, when, when a bear or a lion comes? Yet part of David's story was, he told Saul this, your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there was a lion or a bear and and it took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. And if he arose against me, I caught him by the beard and I struck him and killed him. And if we were David's sheep, And we saw that pretty soon. We're we're not going to doubt our safety based on our experience. We saw, hey, this kid took down a bear and a lion. This little boy can protect us. And we wouldn't fear. Now think about this. We ain't got a little boy as a shepherd. We have God Almighty. And let me tell you, God can fight. Exodus 15 says the Lord is a warrior. And if you need proof that God can fight, you want to read the end of this book, the Bible, you, and what you will see is you will see God fighting the greatest, most powerful enemies. And all he does is give them the Thanos snap and they are disintegrated. And, and if, that, if, if that's what he can do with the snap, imagine what he could do with his rod or a staff. You know, when you know who God is, when you know that God is with you, when you know the good shepherd who provides and protects you, he, when you you know him, you know that his perfect love casts out fear. And as you begin to experience that, you begin to trust him. And in this Psalm, David is creatively instructing us to trust God who has promised and is able to provide everything we need to live. Now, before we move on, I want to mention something else about verse four. Notice how it says, even though I walk through the valley, of the shadow of death, it is not God's will that we make our home in the valley of darkness. We are only walking in it because it's part of this fallen world and the path home runs through it. And that should comfort us. But It should also convict some of us because some of us currently live in the valley of death. And when we are honest, it's by our own choice. We're stuck in the valley. We're consumed by fear because we have chosen not to trust God. In fact, we keep running from him because we think that we can find our own way out of the valley. But you got to remember that we are dumb sheep. And the only way that we are getting out of the valley is to follow the shepherd. And so how do we do that? Well, if you didn't know, here at the River Church, we make a big deal about Jesus. We believe that he is the son of God, that he is God. He is the second person of the Trinity. We believe that he is Lord. He is master over our lives and all of over all creation and that he is the savior of the world. And Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And he goes on to say that my sheep. Hear my voice, and look at this, hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. How do we follow the shepherd? We listen to Jesus' voice. And the primary way that we hear his voice is through his word, is through the Bible. John 1 tells us that Jesus is the word of God. They're one and the same. And so if you want to know how to follow the shepherd, you got to read your Bible. And we have no excuse because right now, 99% of us have one in our pocket. We got a phone, a smartphone in our pocket. So there's no excuse. We got a Bible. We got to read it. Now, another way that we hear God's voice is through prayer, and that's a little less precise, but it's not less important. God is alive. God is relational. And when we seek him in prayer, he will speak with us. Jeremiah 33 says, call to me. This is God speaking. Call to me and I will answer you. I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. And I got to throw this in for good measure, just so you know. No, when God speaks to us in prayer, it will always line up with God's word. Now, there's one additional way that God speaks to us, and it's through other sheep. You know, maybe you are new to the flock. You don't recognize the shepherd's voice too well yet. And when that's the case, here is an easy tip. Start by following other sheep, specifically two kinds of sheep. Number one, you want to follow the sheep that know the shepherd's voice and follow him. But number two, you also want to follow sheep who used to be wanderers. Now these are special sheep because when we begin to wander, they are the ones who are going to cry out, amen, do not go that way. I've already tried that. I'm telling you, you want to get out of the darkness. You got to follow the shepherd. You got to follow the voice of Jesus. And so we need those kind of sheep. We need those kind of people in our lives. And so you got to ask yourself, do I have any of these types of people in my life? And if not, where can I find some? find some in church, by the way. Okay. In the final two verses, there is a scene change. There is different imagery used. and, And the picture of the one who we should trust, the one that David wants us to trust, goes from a shepherd to a hospitable host, a host who is inviting us to a beautiful future that he has prepared. And point number two is God has secured a blessed future for me. Many of you have heard this verse before. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. And Jesus said in John 14, there is more than enough room in my father's home. And if this were not so Would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? And when everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And in these final verses of Psalm 23, David is sharing the same kind of hope. He says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Again, what makes this psalm so powerful is I believe David is sharing from his personal experience. This is what God did in his life. Even though David was... God's chosen king, he didn't have an easy life. For many years, the previous king, Saul, was trying to kill him. And and even David's own son tried to kill him and take his throne. And God didn't allow David to build a temple because God said, you have shed too much blood, which was implying he had fought too many wars. All of that tells us that David had many dangerous enemies, They surrounded his life, and even still, he believed God had prepared a table for him, a special place of blessing, of comfort, and abundance, a place of rest that could not be taken away from him. And I love this because it reminds me that God is not worried about our enemies, God God didn't set up this table for David and it was like, okay, David, I set it up. Okay, hurry up and eat. I'll I'll hold them off as long as I can, but hurry up, please. No, No, God didn't, it wasn't like that. Proverbs 18 says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous man runs into it and is safe. David trusted, no matter what it looked like, what, everything going on around him, David trusted he was safe in God's presence. Furthermore, he says, you anoint my head with oil, my cup, overflows. And when I study this, the the phrase initially makes me think of when the prophet Samuel anointed David as king, even though he was the least likely choice like David is going to be who God created him to be, even if nobody else picks him. But I couldn't find any Bible scholars to agree with me with that. So I'm just going to say that that's my personal thought. However, I did find That the word anoint can also refer to fertilizer. And you're like, wait, wait, what's David saying there? God, you put cow poop on my head? Well, of course not. But think about fertilizer. Fertilizer helps plants grow. And the combination of the imagery happening with the table and the cup that overflows, which, which was a sign of abundant blessing, and the fertilizer paints a picture of a blessed future. In this verse, David is saying, when I trust God, he will make sure I become everything he has created me to be. God has a good future that my enemies can't stop or destroy. I'm reminded of the words of Isaiah when he says, the Lord of heaven's army has spoken. Who can change his plans? When his hand is raised, who can stop him? And then the words of Paul to the Philippians, when he said, I am sure of this, that when God has begun a good work in you, he will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Now let me share one further thing that should encourage our trust in God. When David writes, "Surely goodness and mercy, or or God's steadfast, faithful, saving love." When sh- when when God's goodness and mercy. Uh, uh, oh, I'm sure of it, that, that it will follow me all the days of my life. When, when David says that, it, when he mentions follow, it's not like a little puppy that's gently following its owner. No, the intensity of, of follow is more like an enemy that is relentlessly attacking, except it's not an enemy. It's referring to God Almighty relentlessly pursuing us with his goodness and his mercy, that is good. Furthermore, when David writes, I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever, it is loaded with good promises. It's filled with the promise of uh, of access to God's personal presence. We get to dwell in God's house. The word dwell also refers to returning. We can think about it this way, that even when we wander like dumb sheep, the good shepherd will relentlessly follow us to bring us home. And finally, it speaks of eternal life that one day those who have put their faith in Jesus will live forever in heaven. Let me drive uh, this home by connecting it to something that we're all currently facing. You guys know that COVID, at least uh, right now at the end of July, 2021, is on the rise again. And so is anxiety and fear. But can I tell you that God is not worried? God isn't panicked. God is still sitting on his throne and is in complete control. And since that, according to the Psalm, we know that he is with us as our provider and our protector. Guess what that means? It means that we shouldn't be afraid either. Even when COVID surrounds us like an enemy, we can be confident that God has set a table for us, that we are safe. Yes, we still need to live with wisdom and compassion in response to uh, our community circumstances, but we don't need to live in fear. We trust there is a blessed future ahead of us, an inheritance that cannot be stolen from us, Ephesians 1 says, and this is God's plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God, for he chose us in advance and he makes everything work out according to his plan. In Psalm 23, whether through the picture of a shepherd or a hospitable host, David is encouraging us to trust God with our lives, a God who loves us and cares for us and has secured a blessed future for us. And so this week, take some time to meditate on this and then ask yourself, will I trust God with my life? As we close, I believe the good shepherd is calling us to follow him, maybe for the first time, or maybe in a new way. He's saying, I will provide for you. I will protect you. All you need to do is trust me. Are you trying to do something right now? Are you trying to live without God? I know that's the direction our community is headed, but that doesn't need to be our direction. We don't need to follow that. And history has proven, as I started with over and over again, that when a nation or a people group turns away from God, the, the people perish. And so the question that stands before us this morning is, do you want to perish or do you want to live? And if you want to find life, new life, abundant life, eternal life, then put your trust in the good shepherd. Put your trust in Jesus. Follow him. And if you need to do that today, pray this with me. Jesus, I admit that I I too often try to live without you, but I need you. And so forgive me for my sin. I'm ready to trust you today. I'm ready to follow you. But I need to hear your voice. And so speak to me, Lord. Speak to my heart right now and give me strength and wisdom to walk with you all of my life so that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And I thank you for the promise that your goodness and your mercy and your salvation is chasing me down because you love me. We pray all these things together in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us for Church Online. If this was your first time joining us, fill out a Connect card. We'd love to say hi to you, even send you a little gift. Also, if you have any prayer requests, would like to know more about the River Church, or you have decided to follow the Good Shepherd today, to follow Jesus, we want to hear from you. There's an easy way to do that on our website, riverchurchct.com, or you can text the keyword TRC Connect to 94000.